today on Around Kansas, Deb shares some upcoming classes she'll be virtually teaching this month. Next, she's celebrating literature and the baby lamb with this fun combination of poetry and music. Then on the front porch, it's the farmer and florist, Amy Shum. Then Ron Wilson is showing off his chaps, and we continue to celebrate Black History Month with a fun story about the Kansas territorial community of Quindaro. Closed captioning brought to you by Ag Promo Source. Together we grow. Learn more at agpromosource.com. This segment brought to you by Kansas Corn. Learn more at kscorn.com. Good morning. Welcome to Around Kansas. I'm Deb Goodrich, your host, and you might see a little pint-sized co-host in the background today. Grandma Mai's babysitting. So uh, it's like I live in Candyland. You know, shoots and ladders and stoves and baby dolls everywhere and uh, little stuffed animals and um, iPads and uh, Mickey Mouse Club and just all kinds of great stuff. But it's a it's a good place to be. So um, you may. Uh, see a little head popping up every now and then or in and out of the picture. So that's Miss Pris. She's just four. So um, grooming her to be the next host to take over around Kansas. Well, other than the grandkids, uh, Charles Curtis is really dominating my life lately. I've done several classes or presentations about Curtis, a lot of uh, media interviews, including one for the French press. And I have a class coming up for Osher, um, Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at KU. And it is on Charlie's sister, Dolly Curtiscan, little sister, big influence. Um, Dolly was a remarkable woman. And this will be perfect for Women's History Month in March. Um, the classes will be March 2nd, 9th, and 16th at 5.30 p.m., so those will be offered over Zoom. There is a fee, so you have to go to OSHER to register. So if you just Google OSHER Lifelong Learning at KU, you'll get their link, but we'll try to share it on our Facebook page too. Um, just a remarkable, remarkable woman and a uh, really um, interesting life on her own, even though she devoted her life to helping her brother and supporting him in, in every way possible. It's, it's truly, truly a remarkable story. Um, so many things going on. I just got through teaching another class for Osher on John Brown, and I asked for help on that one. So my friends Grady Atwater from the Adair Cabin at Osawatomie, the John Brown Cabin uh, State Historic Site, joined me, as did our friend Carrie Altenburn who is a living historian who portrays John Brown and is very involved at the Blackjack Battlefield near Baldwin City. And then Michelle, who was going to be with us later today, talked about the widows um, made by John Brown and his followers at the Battle or at the Potawatomi Massacre. Uh, she portrays and has for many years Mahala Doyle, one of those widows, and uh, gives another side of the story. So it's a uh, it was a fantastic class, and we had actually um, one of John Brown's descendants join us. Um, Jerry Brown, who was a descendant through Jason Brown, joined us. So that was that was pretty pretty awesome. So 
Yes, donuts for breakfast. Am I Grandmama of the Year or what? I think so. This is this is Miss Pris. Can you say hello? Yeah. Hello. Come here. Let them see your face. Look. Can you say hello? Can you say hello? Say good morning. Not yet? Okay. There you go. Go eat all the donuts you want. Then you can go home to Mommy. we got a great show for you this morning. Stay with us. Howdy. I'm Seth Hayes, and welcome to my hometown from then to now. Council Grove has a rich history as deep as the prairie tall grass. Spend the day visiting 25 historic sites or explore the unique shops and restaurants or mosey out of town along the Santa Fe Trail. You all visit my hometown, Council Grove, in the heart of the Flint Hills. In 1821, a trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger-than-life personalities, and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org. This segment brought to you by the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center in Oakley. Well, I guess I'm stepping on Ron Wilson's toes a little bit this morning. Uh, but I love poetry, too. And I've always been a fan of William Blake, who has been dead low these hundreds of years, but left us with some wonderful poetry. So I asked Hank and Joanna Will who are in the midst of lambing season at their farm, if they would allow me to share some of the images that they have shared of the little lambs as I read William Blake's The Lamb. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I did making it. The Lamb by William Blake Little lamb who made thee, dost thou know who made thee? Gave thee life and bid thee feed By the stream and o'er the mead Gave thee clothing of delight Softest clothing, woolly bright Gave thee such a tender voice Making all the vales rejoice Little lamb who made thee Dost thou know who made thee? Little lamb, I'll tell thee Little lamb, I'll tell thee He is called by thy name For he calls himself a lamb He is meek and he is mild. He became a little child, I a child, and thou a lamb. We are called by his name. Little lamb, God bless thee. Little lamb, God bless thee.
Welcome to the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas, located on three main highways, I-70, U.S. 83, and U.S. 40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery, and adventure, no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP. That brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people, just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun. This segment brought to you by Bob Schwartz Financial. Values, commitment, transparency. EGT is joining you on the program today, and our guest is Amy Shum. She's the owner and operator of Farmer and Florist in Home, Kansas. She is growing her own flowers, something that is pretty rare in the state of Kansas. Now, we've talked about a lot of things, but one of the things that would send me over the edge is the weather in Kansas as far as any agriculture. Something that you've really had to struggle with as far as uh, what grows, what's blown away, <laughs> um, different things like that? Yes, so it's definitely never in my hands. It's always in Mother Nature's hands, for sure. Yeah, as a farmer, you just kind of have to roll with the punches and do what you can. And um, I mean, we definitely, we have the tunnel for that reason. You know, it protects it from excessive wind and temperature swings and it helps us you know kind of do season extensions and all of those things so yeah that's why we definitely grow in tunnels if we can and we definitely put our um, most expensive crops in the tunnels just to keep them extra protected um, and then we also net a lot of things which also helps with you know kind of wonky stems and keeping things upright um, especially if you've got a big windstorm that comes through. I mean, it could just take out your whole crop, but if you have it netted, there's a much better chance of it, you know, being saved essentially and not breaking. So now, and I was going to ask, that probably helps with animals too or anything like that because we do live in Kansas, so deer and rabbits and everything else. Yeah, so thankfully we haven't had too much um, pressure with deer or anything else because we are kind of on that main, I guess, strip of, of home city. So um, we're kind of technically considered in town, but um, but we have, you know, three acres. So, so yeah, we haven't had too much deer pressure or other animals, fingers crossed, so far. So I've been kind of lucky with that. Now, have you had anybody approach you about um, putting beehives or anything like that in or around your flowers? So, um, funny you ask that. Yes, most flower farmers actually will have bees um, just because they kind of go hand in hand, honestly. But sadly, my husband is like deathly allergic to bees. So, I um, and, the, and they get, you know, doing bees and all that, it, it takes, they're heavy. 
Um, so I just didn't want to take on that task of trying to do it all myself. And so I've just kind of put that aside. So yes, I would love it if someone else could could have bees for me. But yes, we've, we've kind of just decided that he doesn't need to carry around an EpiPen all day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd be open to somebody else having bees on your property. Yes. Yeah, I, we love honey. So, yes, we would totally, I mean, I... I was asking any other aspects that you have found uh, difficult in this growing process. As a farmer, I mean, it's just, it's all a labor of love. Thanks for joining us today. That was our guest, Amy Shum. She's the owner and operator of Farmer and Florist in Home, Kansas. Growing flowers for agriculture, which is pretty rare in the state of Kansas. I'm Bob Swartz, and I've devoted the last 43 years to helping Kansans reach their retirement goals and to protect the family farm. At Bob Swartz Financial, we believe everyone should be able to live the retirement they've always dreamed of. Our team of professionals can help you create an efficient strategy using a variety of investment vehicles to help you address your financial needs and your concerns. Bob Swartz Financial values, commitment, and transparency. Okay, looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're going to find some really interesting stuff, like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. We've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray Pump Organ Collection. We're a little bit place with a great big story, and we'd love to have you. This segment brought to you by Santa Fe Trail Meets in Overbrook. Let us help feed your family. If you go to a rodeo, you'll see that the bull riders and the bronc riders are wearing fancy batwing shafts, usually with fringe that really shows for the competition. Uh, I uh, have a couple of shafts that we use here at the ranch. One are these uh, heavy-duty work shafts, complete with uh, manure. Uh, they're very thick and heavy leather. Uh, they really come in handy if you're working like with locust trees on a fence line. And then I have my fancy show shaps uh, made by an outfit in Abilene. And uh, these are great for performance or for uh, uh, riding in a parade. I really like the look of these shaps. If you study the history of shaps, you'll find that it goes back to the Hispanic culture. Uh, that's where the name shaps originates. This poem is called Bueno Chaparreras. When a cowboy is riding hard, his legs need protection from stickers or thorns that might need deflection. Centuries ago, riders wore a kind of apron of leather, but those were awkward for riding in any kind of weather. Then the wise vaqueros in old Mexico made leggings of leather to wear on the go. They were called chaparreras in Mexican lingo, soon shortened to chaps by the American gringo. Chaparreras took their name from the low chaparral, with thorns which gave the shaps rationale. The first shaps were called shotguns, with like tight leather pants. Then batwing shaps were the ones that supplants. Chinks are shorter for the leg's top half, of course, which is handy for a farrier who'd be shoeing a horse. Now motorcycle riders wear leather shaps, too, for protecting their legs, just like the cowboys do. We give thanks for this protection when we get into mishaps, and we thank the Hispanic culture for giving us shaps. Happy trails.
ValleyVet.com is your one-stop shop for your every animal need. From prescription meds, vaccines, equipment, and more for the ranch to the show ring, shop ValleyVet.com for fast shipping and great prices. ValleyVet Supply. Sure Crop Fertilizers was started by my father, Don Sherman, and my mother, Shirley Sherman. Family business has started in the 80s. We predominantly focus on plant nutrients and what we can do to give growers better responses for with the fertilizer dollars that they do and what we can do to you know, make those things work better for the grower. We're based out of Seneca, Kansas. We work with growers in their soil analysis to figure out what they need and then we can put those in a blend that gives them the best results and so that we can deliver that direct to their farm so that they have those nutrients where they need them, when they need them, and so that they can apply them in a manner that's, that's very efficient to them and, and works well on their planting systems and what they're doing. Sure Crop Fertilizers has been around for a long time. We always say we're, we're big enough to take care of everything you need, but we're small enough to do it quickly. You can get a hold of us at 1-800-635-4743. Um, our website is surecropfertilizers.com. And you can always email me at corey at surecropfertilizers.com. And with any questions you have, we'd like to answer and work with you. This segment brought to you by Kansas Farm Bureau, the voice of agriculture. To join today or for more information, go to kfb.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. A couple of weeks ago, I was involved in a presentation for the Lewis and Clark Society in Kansas City, and my friends Kristen and Holly Zane were part of that as well. And they are enrolled members of the Wyandotte Nation, and Holly talked quite a bit about the story of Quindaro there in uh, Kansas City, Kansas. And it is a remarkable story, and Michelle is going to share some of that with you this morning. Good morning, Michelle, looking very sparkly today. Good morning, Deb. Today, as we continue to celebrate Black History Month, let's take a look at the Kansas territorial community of Quindaro and learn about its legacy. With the settlement of Kansas Territory in 1854, the issue of slavery and its expansion westward migrated with the men, women, and children who came to Kansas seeking opportunity. For those who opposed slavery, and for those escaping from slavery, Kansas became a beacon of freedom. Charles Robinson, with the assistance of Abelard Guthrie and his wife Nancy Quindaro Guthrie, the daughter of a Wyandotte leader, secured lands to establish an anti-slavery town site along the Missouri River. The Quindaro town site was purchased from the Wyandotte and named for Nancy. The population of Quindaro grew quickly, and the town boasted a newspaper, a four-story hotel with 45 rooms, a brewery, churches, dry goods stores, a massive sawmill, and a lumber yard. Prior to the Civil War, the community was home to a free African-American community as well. With the help of local farmers, the Wyandotte people, and abolitionists like Clarinda Nichols, Quindaro became a stop on the Underground Railroad. The Civil War saw a change in Quindaro's fortunes. With so many young men off to the war, the population declined. The town's charter was revoked in 1862, and the town became an outpost for the 9th Kansas Volunteers. Many of the original buildings were destroyed during the war. The town persevered, and became an educational hub. Reverend Eben Blatchley and his wife Jane operated a school for free African Americans and escaped enslaved persons during the war. This educational endeavor prospered and after the Civil War was rechristened Western University. 
the university was an anchor for the African-American community that called Quindaro home. By the 1930s, Quindaro, like many communities, suffered during the Great Depression. During World War II, Quindaro's young men went off to war once again, and the town's population declined. The community was eventually absorbed by Kansas City, Kansas, and after time, many of the town's original structures were abandoned and reclaimed by nature. In the 1980s, a proposed landfill project was slated for Quindaro. Community activists, residents, historians, and preservationists joined together in an effort to stop the landfill. Archaeological excavations unearthed remnants of Quindaro's 19th century past to preserve it for future generations. In 2002, the Quindaro town site was placed on the National Register of Historic Places, and in April 2019, the Quindaro Town Site National Commemorative Site was dedicated. Today, the history of Quindaro is preserved and shared by those who lived in the community and those who wish its story to never fade from memory. I hope you enjoyed today's look at Quindaro and that you'll join me next time for another historical adventure somewhere around Kansas. Well, I guess I'm stepping on Ron Wilson's toes a little bit this morning. Uh, but I love poetry, too. And I've always been a fan of William Blake, who has been dead low these hundreds of years, but left us with some wonderful poetry. So I asked Hank and Joanna Will, who are in the midst of lambing season at their farm, if they would allow me to share some of the images that they have shared of the little lambs as I read William Blake's The Lamb. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I did making it. Closed captioning brought to you by Ag Promo Source. Together we grow. Learn more at agpromosource.com. These days, no one can afford to take the risk of being without financial protection against high health care costs, not even for a few days. Kansas Farm Bureau health plans offer short-term health care coverage to fill in those temporary gaps. Short-term health plans can provide you with medical coverage when you are between health plans, helping lower your potential financial risk. Learn more at kfbhealthplans.com or contact a Farm Bureau financial services agent near you. Looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're going to find some really interesting stuff, like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. We've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray Pump Organ Collection. We're a little bitty place with a great big story, and we'd love to have you. In 1821, a trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger-than-life personalities and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org. 
Ag Promo Source is a unique group of marketing specialists with one mission, help your ag business grow. Each affiliate has their own area of expertise, and they work together to bring you advice, products, and services. To get started, visit agpromosource.com. Ag Promo Source, together we grow. Watch Ag AM in Kansas online at agamincansas.com. 